As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we're discussing streamers from Monday and pickups from the weekend. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have That's not had uh, three co-brews yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Monday April 26, Derek Van Riper here with Ian Kahn. The rotating cast of guest co-hosts continues. Ian, welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15. Thrilled. Thrilled to be here with you, my friend, my partner, um, with your robust group that you have had this week, and so really happy to end or begin the next week with you. The best thing about this show is when you're recording it, you forget what day it is, because a lot of times it's done <laughs> the night before it's released, and... Uh, that adds to confusion, and since we work together every Tuesday morning, that adds more confusion. We don't usually talk on Sunday nights unless it's just like a friendly conversation about a trade or something else we're doing. But uh, some news and notes as we get started. A lot of players leaving with injuries, just a few updates to run through. Hinjin Ryu suffered a glute strain during his start on Sunday. He could make his next start as scheduled if he doesn't have a setback in the coming days, so that injury doesn't appear to be as bad as we thought when we saw him leaving that game on Sunday. Uh, Mike Trout was hit by a pitch in the elbow on Thursday. He didn't play all weekend as a result that he is still considered day-to-day, has avoided the IL to this point, and his teammate, Anthony Rendon, expected back from the IL either Monday or Tuesday this week, so some good news for the Angels on that front. Uh, Christian Yelich had an MRI this weekend that did not show any sort of significant injury in his back, so good news because he had plateaued in his recovery, but fortunately there's nothing structurally wrong in his back. Still no timetable for a return there. Uh, George Springer, who's been dealing with a quad injury, has a good chance to return to the lineup on Tuesday. Springer's former teammate, Jose Altuve, also nearing a return to the lineup. He could be back as soon as Monday. We've also been tracking the status of Yadier Molina. He had tests on his injured foot that were encouraging on Sunday. He could be back in the lineup as early as Monday as well. And a few early exits from Sunday to pass along. Trey Turner left early with a bruised forearm. Mike Yastrzemski left with oblique tightness. Tommy Pham left with a calf strain. And Jonathan India left after getting hit by a pitch in the head. All those guys are day-to-day for now, but especially with Yastrzemski and Pham 
Keep an eye out for further details on Monday about a possible IL stint. But Ian, let's talk about some of the weekend standout performances because there were plenty of them. How about Madison Bumgarner? Seven no-hit innings against Atlanta. We're not supposed to call it a no-hitter. That's up for debate right now. It's the biggest debate on Twitter coming out of the weekend. But I did not see that coming against the Braves lineup that has been very cold outside of Ronald Acuna to start this season. Yeah, I mean, with also Zach Gallon throwing a one-hitter, that's a lot of innings with a very few number of hits. Um Uh, certainly a surprise for Bumgarner. You know, his first start was in Colorado, and he actually survived it. It's sort of the way Aaron Nola survived his start really successfully yesterday in Colorado. Bumgarner, I I was kind of high coming in on him. I was trying to grab him as many leaks as I possibly could. I just went and bought him in Tout Wars tonight um, with a tie with a tied bid with Zach Steinhorn, who bid 73 uh fab dollars i also bid 73 fab dollars and i was lucky enough to get him i say that now uh i had already had a bid in for him i think i was around 13 then he threw his seven inning no hitter and you gotta go and uh, jump it up so yeah that's what happened with madison bumgarner and i i kind of believe you know i kind of believe that he's gonna they're gonna roll him out there he's he was an ace he's not probably never gonna be that guy again you know, we've seen pitchers come back, so I don't mind grabbing him at all. Uh, and I have him in a couple of other places. I'll find out when this airs tomorrow, when this when this is presented, whether I got him in the other leagues as well. So how about you, DVR? You, you, you bum garnering? I didn't pick him up anywhere, but I do think he was a viable streamer where available for the upcoming week at a bare minimum because a home start against Colorado, that's fantastic, right? I mean, I was chasing yeah. Luke Weaver where he was available Bumgarner at least should have been a short-term contingency bid for the upcoming week. And I do think we have to look at guys like Bumgarner and say, yeah, maybe he's not an ace anymore, but there's a lot of middle ground between ace and unusable starter, so he'll probably land somewhere in that middle ground in the weeks ahead. I was certainly higher on him than I was on Luke Weaver going into next week. Luke Weaver, I'm not trusting, but Madison Bumgarner, I'm trusting. I am. Yeah, we've seen two good starts now from Bumgarner each of his last two times out. And as you mentioned, having to go to Coors early in the season, opening the season in San Diego against the healthy Padres lineup. That was a rough schedule for Bumgarner to begin 2021. Uh, Dustin May pitching on Sunday night in that Dodgers-Padres series, which has been fantastic all weekend, had a career-high 10 strikeouts. Really looks like Dustin May has figured something out. The curveball is just an absolutely lethal weapon for him to put hitters away. Yeah, and and that was the big question coming into the season. And I think it was Colette who posted that he had 24 uh, strikes called, which were the most that he ever had. And he said in 21 of them were actually strikes, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, Dustin Mayo, he certainly had the stuff. He's got the pedigree. He's got the hair. It's it's uh, sort of, and, and in a big game against the Padres, I mean, boy, what a weekend that they've had. But yeah, Dustin May is already owned in your league. <laughs> so if you've got him, uh, ride him, I would certainly say. Yeah, definitely a hold for me. I think we talked about him a lot late last season as someone, when you watched him, you always wondered why he wasn't striking more guys out. He's putting the pieces together here early on this season. Throws hard. Throws hard. With movement, too. Getting a lot of movement with that two-seamer right now. Uh, The big story in that series, though, Fernando Tatis Jr., five home runs during the weekend series against the Dodgers. And count me among the people who were definitely worried about his shoulder. Count me there, too. Yeah, I mean, coming out of that first, really the first two series back, he hit the home run last Friday against the Dodgers, but didn't do much the rest of that series. 
didn't play well in the first series of the week against the Brewers. He looks like he's back to typical Tatis form. I saw the modification he's made to his swing. It's really just hanging on longer and keeping himself from maybe hyperextending his shoulder. I I don't think it's the type of adjustment that's really going to cost him much power, which is a lot easier to say after a five home run weekend than it was prior (laughs) to that. But just looking at the difference, it's not a completely revamped swing. It's less follow through. I think it's ridiculous that with a brand new swing, literally a, a fully, you know, he's focusing on keeping his second hand on the bat. He has changed his swing and then he does this this weekend. Uh, some question about whether he looked back for the second uh, home run uh, against Trevor Bauer last night that he might have looked back and seen that it was a slider. Uh, that, that's an interesting. I don't know if we have time for this on the 15, but we certainly should discuss it on Under the Radar on Tuesday, a, a discussion about Trevor Bauer and his reaction to the showboating of Fernando Tatis. I was actually quite impressed by Trevor Bauer. But now Bauer's saying, look, if you, they're starting a little Twitter beef between the two of them um, because now it's, they're saying that Tatis might have uh, stolen a look. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, but it is amazing what Tatis has done. Even stole base today. I mean, gosh, yikes. Yeah, running. And I was afraid that maybe the steals would dry up at least temporarily too, but he's playing like the typical Tatis that we've grown accustomed to. Uh, One of the really interesting performances weekend for me was Michael Kopech, 10 strikeouts in five innings. Technically, I think it was a spot start against the Rangers, but you could see the White Sox flipping roles with Kopech and Dylan Cease once Lance Lynn gets healthy, because Kopech has just been outstanding so far this year. I mean, if you have been holding Michael Kopech for like five years, four years, and you've been waiting for Michael Kopech, and then he shows up today and strikes out 10 in five innings, yeah, that was pretty great. I, I, I did not survive. I must have owned Kopech like six times and traded him away so many times. But boy, good stuff. Good stuff on Michael Kopech today. It looks like he's Settling in to the great talent that he is. I mean, huge arm, and he's showing it. And rosterable, I think, even in shallow mixed leagues at this point, at this point too, because yeah. they can make a point to include him in that rotation. Uh, one other name I want to throw out to you is Jake Arietta. Not necessarily it because is. I think Arietta is a guy that I want to have everywhere. Eight Ks, though, in six innings. Only one earned run against the Brewers, and he survived a bases-loaded, no-out situation in the first inning of that game. But the Brewers lineup without Christian Yelich is a streaming target. You can and throw Lorenzo Kane. Yes, no Kane. Wong just came back, so they got one guy back, but Keston Hira has been a mess. This is an offense that's just not putting a lot of runs on the board. As great as the Brewers pitching is and as great as the defense is behind that pitching staff, they are a lineup you can pick on with lower end starting pitching. Yeah, for sure. And uh in Yelich, we'll see when he comes back. But boy, I'll tell you, I was excited about Arietta coming into the start. I had had bids in on him um, in Tout Wars, and uh, I had other guys ahead of him, but I was excited to get him if I got him. Didn't get him because got the guys ahead of him. Got Danny Duffy and Adam Wainwright, um, but was excited for Arietta coming into today. Not terribly surprised. He's going home, you know? I mean, this is the place where he really had great success is Chicago, and there's something that makes sense about this. Just makes sense. And it was definitely a more pitcher-friendly day at Rickety with the wind blowing in on Sunday against the Brewers. Look at you. Look at you. You know where the wind blows. You want to play him at home. That's that's the right spot to play him for sure. They bring up his home splits at Wrigley every single time he pitches. They love it. He was really good at Wrigley. I mean, there was a period of time where he was the best pitcher in baseball or top three pitcher in baseball like four years ago. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So we like to talk about streamers on this show. There's several quality options, and some of these guys actually have value even beyond Monday. Davey Garcia, you as a Yankee fan know Davey Garcia really well. On the road against the Orioles, I think he's got appeal even beyond this spot start because the Yankees have talked about going to a six-man rotation. Yeah, I, I think he's he's <laughs> if you really squint super hard and 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 dream really big, you could see little a uh, little bit of Pedro Martinez in there. All right, see, it's terrible. I even said it, <laughs> um, but there's something similar there. Um, there, and I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not counting on Davy Garcia to you know set the world on fire and stay in that rotation. But he certainly has upside, and I'm very curious. I do have him, Steve Gardner and I share him in the league, and we will be pitching him this week. So it'll be fun to watch for sure. And I think there's upside. I could also see him getting beaten around a little bit tomorrow, though, too. So, But, you know, he also, they could go six-man rotation. It would make some sense, give Tyone and Kluber a little bit of rest. You know, it's six-man rotation. Nothing, nothing too bad about that. No, and I, I think if one of those guys needs a breather, a brief IL stint, then they go typical five-man. Garcia's that first guy up. I think he would uh, kind of cut the line ahead of Jonathan Lewisaga, who's pitched really well. If Davey Garcia does not come out great, I could see Mike King getting another spot start. You know, But Garcia could hold that spot, too. It's, it's an interesting setup that they got going in New York right now. Definitely seems like an audition of sorts for Garcia on Monday. Uh, two pitchers going up against each other, Austin Gomber and Anthony Descalfani. It's that Giants-Rockies matchup happening at Oracle Park in San Francisco. I actually like both of these guys as two-start pitchers this week. Uh, Gomber, I mean, he's just outside of Coors for both of those starts. And other than walks in that first start especially, I actually think he's a good pitcher who just got a bad hand when he got dealt to Colorado. I guess I am nervous. I just feel like if you're a Colorado pitcher, I just I ugh, I just get nervous that he might do well, and then I might think, oh, maybe he can get away with it in court. And no, no, he can't. He can get away with it in course. He just can't do it. Can't can't get away with it in course. Yes, if you need the two start right now and you want to go Gomber, I think you can. Discalfani makes me nervous all the time. I think his stuff is playing up. Is it playing up a little bit? I mean, is that is that what's going on? But I I don't know. I I, I almost rather just play it safer rather than either of those guys. But that's just my personal opinion on it. See, I think Desclafani, his biggest skills flaw during his time in Cincinnati was allowing way too many home runs. And just yeah. moving into San Francisco really reduces some of the concerns there. He's always been able to miss bats. He's never really had that bad of a walk rate. I think 2020 was the, the outlier for him, 10% that season, but he's usually in the 7% range. So uh, for me, it's a thumbs up on, on Disco for most of his home starts until Disco. further notice. It's a great nickname. Disco. It really is. Is it, is it? Did you create that, or is that like has that been, you know, trending? I did not. Uh, that one, that one's been bouncing around for a little while in the NL Central, at least from his time in Cincinnati. Kind of like that. It makes me want to start him. I'm not gonna, but it makes me want it a little bit more. Gotta admit. I got one last question for you before we go. Uh, Austin Slater was a pickup of yours in Tout Wars. Uh, what led you to Slater? 
Um, you know, I've liked Slater. I, I really liked Slater last year. I was trying to grab him in all dynasty leagues. He was hitting for power and he was running and he was playing and then he was getting hurt. So he was hurting and then he stopped playing. Uh, but I always had just like this little thought in my head about Austin Slater coming into this year. And he was pretty cheap in 50 team in 50 round NFBCs in the draft champions. He was, I was getting him pretty much everywhere. Now it looks like, you know, we started out the season. It looked like he was going to be in a platoon. doesn't look like a platoon anymore. And now with Yaskremski's oblique injury, he's going to play, I believe, every day until he gets hurt. Uh, I stole two bases today. I just, I kind of like him. I just think he's, and I think it was uh, Scott Engel, our friend here at The Athletic, who bid $89, um, and I bid 93 on that one. So I felt pretty good about that. A little less good about uh, Adolis Garcia, where I bought him in TGFBI and spent a lot of money. I spent, and when I told you how much, you went, ooh. And I was like, no, you know, think about what Nando says. But I put a $153 bid on Adolis Garcia, but the next bid was 41. So really, how smart are you? I'm not that smart. Thank you, Ian, for stepping in as uh, super pleasure. Michael Beller is out. We really appreciate your insight. That is going to wrap things up for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're enjoying the show on a platform that allows you to leave us a rating and review, we would greatly appreciate that. We are back with you on Tuesday. <laughs>